Marshall, can we just talk about this for one second? You rescued her. You raised her. You're not protecting her now. You are holding her back. One, don't you ever touch me again. Two, don't you ever touch me again. Now, you have no idea who the hell I am or where I've come from, and I'm not about to tell you my whole life story. All I need to be to you and everybody on this dome is a fixed point. The last man standing. I do not need your sympathy or your admiration. All I need is your compliance and your fighting skills. And if I can't get that, then you can go back to the wall that I found you crawling on. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Good. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. Mind expansion engaged. people i think our tech is actually operating crossing my fingers operating correctly once again the team is back i am your host d bird aka the afro nerd and this is the grindhouse edition of the afro nerd radio engine i host the show with a few cohorts of course the uncanny daryl b hopefully he'll be in tonight if not we know because of his scheduling but i saw him kind of uh, rustling about on in the on the Twitterverse in the Twitterverse, and of course we have the mighty Captain Kirk. This show we will try to keep it very much a uniform program. I know it's it's always you know we go off the rails on occasion, but I really want to keep it um, fine tuned like a muscle car's engine. I do want to keep it pretty straightforward. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of things, as, as always. You know, we, our show is really an amalgam of many things, hence the term Afro-nerd, the uh, portmanteau, the Franken-word, African or Afro and nerd. So we talk about all things dealing with those two spheres. Um, Gail King, Gail King, 
noted journalist, media personality, and best friend to media mogul Oprah Winfrey, I think she messed up. I think she messed up, and she will attest to that. But did it go too far with the response? We will dig in deep. We'll keep it tight. We will keep it respectful. And then we will also get to the other things that we were unable to get to on Wednesday's Midweek Review program. So, without further ado, let's get to that infamous Herb Alt, Black Rock, Afropunk, Psychedelic Soul groove. Um, what do we have here? Let's go to Public Enemy, one of our own Long Island's, Strong Island's finest. Hell, the studio it is, I think it's still around, the Bomb Squad Studios literally up the street from uh, Mr. Stark's childhood home. And actually, uh, across the street from my my grade school. Anyway, let's get it in. A little bit of uh, <laughs> Afro-nerd trivia. This is Public Enemy. Yesterday, man. Yesterday, man. We'll be right back. Yo, come on. Yo, come on. Yesterday is the song. 
and amen. From Migos to Flash, Rock King to Drake, from Linda Triangle to Livonia and Blake. Yes, 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 tell it, yes and amen. Brooklyn looking like it's L.A. What happened? Sway moving out of the bay. What happened? Easy singing boys in the hood. What happened? Pop riding shotgun with shoes. What happened? Common used to love her, did he leave her? What happened? Now it's no love of hip-hop either. What happened? What the fuck on be the pain? What happened? I'ma just stay in my lane. What happened? Rappers all do it TV. What happened? Kids looking older than me. What happened? Three stacks ain't making songs. What happened? Cam and Jimmy don't get along. All right, you know, when I play the fiery stuff, it's probably going to be a fiery episode, but we're going to keep it tight. We're going to keep it tight. Once again, Strong Island's finest public enemy. Yesterday, man. Yesterday, man. All right. This is the Grindhouse Edition of Avenue featuring Captain Kirk and sometimes, oftentimes, the uncanny Daryl B. This is simply get to it. Captain, you needed right at the right at the studio door of Afrener Radio's machinery, machine works. Let's get it in, sir. Let's get to it. No more of that intro. All right? Space 1999, season two. Let's get that up on the board. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You know, I vaguely remember that, but if you if you say so, we should do that. Okay, it can be done. Season okay, two. I'll, I'll uh, season yeah. two. I will uh, send me um, send me a DM. So just as a reminder, so I don't get like lose it. But yeah, we could do that. That's a good one. Uh, I guess um, Star Trek Picard doesn't really have a real intro the way we you know not like the tradi- not like the traditional ones. Yeah. All right, so we folks, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have time. <laughs> we have time. We're, we're, we're going to try to keep time. it tight. Yeah. Okay, so um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, we always do. You know, we do talk about comic books and pop culture and science fiction. That that that's a large component. Uh, also, with urban alternative um, fair, urban alternative culture, we, we're into that. That's the the, the crux of the Afrener Radio engine. However, this is still a pop culture, socio, so, sociological study, as it were, with what's happening in the last couple of days, and that's also up our bailiwick. So what am I talking about? Gail King, as I said at the top of the show, Gail King, uh, perhaps more famously known as Oprah's best friend, and being, and being in that position, you get perks, but that's not to discount her talent. So she's a she's a, a talented media personality, talented interviewer, a journalist, and so forth. So she she is a colleague of colleague and friend for many decades, famously to Oprah Winfrey. We all get that. So it really wasn't uh, unusual to have her or to see her do her thing on CBS CBS Mornings. I think that's her outfit, and she was interviewing. Uh, another iconic woman, Lisa Leslie, WNBA great, a friend and counterpart 
to NBA, the late NBA player, the late NBA player, Kobe Bryant. So um, I'm going to play a clip. We have a couple of clips because we want to get full edification for our audience. That's what we do. We, we give you all the information. We give you our spin. But our spin is, you know, it's not just an opinion. It's an opinion with fact. And you can deconstruct it if you will. That's, we, we welcome it. But let's keep it respectful. So anyway, um, I'm going to play, play a couple of clips. And we're going to get this. We're going to really get into it and deconstruct it like we do. That's what we do. Top to bottom. All right, so I got a couple of clips here. Let's go to, um, hmm. All right, this is a short clip from an outfit called The Morning Rush, and they're discussing this Gail King situation. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll, we'll do what we do. Hold on. So for the network to take the most uh, salacious part when taken out of context and put it up online – for people who didn't see the whole interview is very upsetting to me, and that's something I'm going to have to deal with with them. A CBS spokesperson has acknowledged that the clip posted online, quote, did not reflect the nature and tone of the full interview. Our Morning Rush insiders have been busy discussing this behind the scenes on our Facebook page. And joyfully, Wendy, one of many saying that the context really doesn't matter to her. She says Gail's line of questioning, no matter the context it was originally in, should have never been brought up. It was in poor taste. A lot of people feeling that way. And Snoop Dogg has actually been one of the most vocal opponents of Gail's interview. And he actually has followed up with a series of pictures of Gail and Oprah with Harvey Weinstein, wondering why that interview has not been conducted, guys. Thank you so much, Liza. That's, that's the same feedback I'm getting on my Facebook page, and I have been watching the fury grow against Gail King since that snippet uh, was posted. You know, Gail used the adjectives mortified, embarrassed, and angry, and those were her feelings when she watched it in just that clip as well, and th that's the feelings of most people as, as they've been watching it. The, the feedback I've been getting is that people are wondering why she asked the question to begin with. We saw those comments with Liza. You know, I've been at this job for two decades, two plus decades, right? And we're always told as journalists to ask the questions that people want to know, even though they may be the tough questions. You ask those questions, right? But nowhere in my world has anyone asked me specifically from our Morning Rush viewers, anything I've seen online, whether Kobe's legacy is complicated by that sexual assault case from 2003. I just haven't seen it. So I was surprised that she asked Lisa Leslie that question without Kobe Bryant even being buried. I was surprised. And the fact that she wouldn't let up on it. Yeah, I, 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 to me, it looks, it's, it's grandstanding a little bit. I, I think it is. I mean, sure, it's there. It's part of Kobe's history. But at this particular point, no, no. Not, this is not the time and place to be bringing that up. Not at all. All right. Well, we want to know what you think as well. Just uh, chime in on our social media pages. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and Liza will be tracking that. Okay. Let's go to let's go to let's go to another clip. I'm sorry. All right, you're going to another clip. Go ahead, go. Yeah, go. yeah let's go to another clip. Uh, all right, hold on. This is another clip. This is uh, Oprah coming to Gail's defense. Well, you know what, actually. Uh, okay, this is a shorter one. Okay, this is the part that I found I found somewhat humorous. Um, again, Oprah is uh, with Hoda 
Kotlib. Uh, is Kotlib? I, I, I never. I, have a, I had a professor named Hoda. I know she's of Egyptian descent. I never got a, her. Her so Hoda Cobb, I think. Anyway, um, she is on there for some other reason. And Oprah then, then you know, matter of factly, it's never matter of factly, but it come, it's, it's supposed to be. Oh, by the way, what? How is how is Gail doing? So, um, hold on. This is uh, Oprah with Hoda. Hold on. Speaking of holding hearts, yeah. and we did a show yesterday, Oprah, on best friends and how meaningful they are to us. And oh. I, I think the last 24 hours for your best friend have been pretty difficult after that interview oh. with Lisa Leslie about Kobe. And I just wondered just how she's doing. And she's not doing well. May I say she is not. She is not doing well because she has now death threats and has to now travel with security. And um, she's feeling very much attacked. You know, Bill Cosby is, is texting from, is, is, is tweeting. tweeting from jail. Uh, and uh, she's, not, she's not doing well and feels that um, she was put in a really terrible position because that interview had already ran. Mm -hmm. It was over. And in the context of the interview, everyone seemed fine, including Lisa Leslie. Mm -hmm. And it was only because somebody at the network uh, put up that clip mm -hmm. and that, and, and I can see how people would obviously be very upset mm -hmm. if you thought that Gail was just trying to press to get, uh, you know, an answer from Lisa Leslie. But um, she, 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 obviously all things pass, she will be okay. But um, she what hasn't slept in two days. Really? What do you think about all that criticism? I think the vitriol is, I think mm -hmm. anybody can criticize anything, but the misogynist vitriol and the attacking to the point where it is dangerous to be in the streets alone, because it's not just the people who are attacking, it's the other people who take that message and feel yeah. like they can do whatever they want to because of it. Yeah. You know? Okay, and one one last one. About a, let's go for another minute on another one, and then we will get into it. Uh, again, Oprah coming to Gail's defense a bit more involved. Hold on. Oprah is defending her friend Gail King over this interview Gail did with WNBA player Lisa Leslie, during which she asked Leslie about Kobe Bryant and his 2003 rape case. Now, Oprah is speaking candidly, tearfully actually, defending her. Watch. She's not doing well. May I say she is not, she is not doing well because she has now death threats and has to now travel with security and um, she's feeling very much attacked. But other celebrities like Snoop Dogg are slamming Gail. Take a look. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming out Harvey Weinstein asking them dumb questions. In another post, Snoop references Oprah and the Michael Jackson documentary, ending the post by saying, free Bill Cosby. And now, Bill Cosby is weighing in, posting this to Instagram from prison somehow, saying, quote, it's so sad and disappointing that successful black women are being used to tarnish the image and legacy of successful black men, even in death. Erica, is Gail to blame here? What did you think of Snoop Dogg's response? Help us make sense of this. I... 
I'm not going to say who's to blame, but I do think that we're trying to make a very uncomfortable conversation complicated. And I think we're doing that because clearly there is a lot of emotion and a lot of hurt involved. In order to really have a conversation about why this has been such a big story, if we have to talk about what was happening in 2003 when Kobe was first accused of rape. There were two different Americas. We had white households whose parents uh, were telling their white daughters to beware of Kobe's in the wake of O.J. Simpson. We had black households who were telling their kids about the story of Emmett Till, the 14-year-old black boy who was killed in Mississippi for allegedly whistling at a white woman in 1955, and we later learned that that wasn't the truth. So when we have these two very different conversations happening, we see this Kobe Bryant situation very differently. We have some people who see a black man who got away with raping a white woman. Some of us see a black man who was accused of raping a white woman and did something that was historically daunting. He not only got past these allegations and moved on with his life, but he went on to be great and inspire a lot of people. Some people will see his apology as an omission of guilt. Some of us see his apology as fighting for his life. And we think about Emmett Till and how many times he apologized for something he didn't do in order to fight for his life. So when we're having these conversations in mainstream media, especially as a black woman in media, we have to be so careful because this narrative has already been out there in a way that mainstream media was never about because there was zero representation in 2003 to even have a thought of what the Kobe side could have been. And now we're here and we're having these conversations and we can't have these conversations with even a hint of not having a historical context in them because it is just that painful. And that's the reason why no one wants to hear from any black woman, black man, and mainstream media that isn't speaking love and peace and honor on Kobe Bryant's name less than two weeks after his death, and that's the reason why there's so much backlash. And until we have that conversation, we're not having a conversation at all, because we have to decide if we want to have a comfortable conversation or a complex conversation, and the story is just uncomfortable. It is not complex. Wow. I just want to... Okay. Uh, that newscaster pretty much, <laughs> she, she really laid it down. All right, so, Captain, um, again, to the listening audience, this is the Grindhouse Show. The call-in number, you too can join in on the fun on the discourse, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620, talking about the Gale versus Snoop, or should I say Gale and Susan Rice and Oprah Winfrey versus Snoop Dogg and the black male contingency. I'm just saying. I'm putting a little sauce on there, a little sauce. Anyway. Captain, your thoughts about this issue? Remember, <clears throat> humans do their decision-making emotionally. Just remember that. Now, when you watch the interview, the first run-through, in context, you say to yourself, uh, yeah, she shouldn't, she shouldn't really ask that. But she cleans it up at the end of asking it. Watching it in context, not that bad. You're not going to jump off any bridge for that. Now, when the network, because the network has a job to do, and they will throw you underneath the bus, they don't care, because their job is to sell whatever you're doing. They take what you're saying out of context. They do it all the time to get the likes, to get uh, more views, 
to get people, this is our station, all that type of stuff they do. Changes the whole value of what you're saying. I'm going to show you, case in point. Here's Captain. Pay attention. Pay attention. Let's, say, let's just say that if this platform was bigger and the captain said, you know, black people are nothing but derogatory blacks. That's right. Black people are nothing but derogatory blacks. In some religions around the world, people believe that. And in some countries, and some people believe that. Now, notice what I said there. Now, let's stop it. Just take the first part of what I said. Sixth grader could have taken this. doesn't have to be anybody that's grown. He said black people are derogatory blacks. And just click that part and put that out there. Now it's a bigger platform. Now I'm in a whole lot of doo-doo. You didn't listen to what I said in context. I said some people around the world, that's the way they feel. Some people, some religions, which is true, that's the way they feel. Change the whole thing. Everybody's going to be emailing. Everybody's going to be, oh, this, that, and everything else. Do this and do that. Changes the whole context of what I said. Now, if you remember when Neil deGrasse Tyson had said, here we go with the emotions. This is how humans made their decisions. Neil deGrasse Tyson forgot his training. He talked about mass shootings and compared it to you know, what pharmaceutical companies do, flu and other things like that, big business, all that other stuff, that is correct. The top is a reflection of the bottom. There is much more killing done by the people on the top than there is on the bottom. But people react emotionally to what happens on the bottom. If three people go out, no, should I say, if one person goes out and kills three people, everybody's going crazy. Look at this guy, get this guy, whatever, whatever, whatever. But Philip Morris or Big Farm, Big Pharmaceuticals, can kill people over a long period of time. How many people Philip Morris killed? You know, let's not let's not even talk about this. You know, let's let's not even talk about. It. Obviously, you can kill humans over a long stretch of a time because there's no emotional connection. By the way, there's a bigger emotional connection. So what you have here. Yes, in my opinion, she should not have asked the question at that given time. Yes. But in context, it's really not that bad. That You, you would not have got all this vitriol, vitriol that you're getting right now. You wouldn't have got it. But when the network, who has a job to do, let's take her words out of context. And that's the first clip you see. You start going crazy. You will go crazy. Should she have asked these questions? No, nah, she shouldn't have asked these questions. But you wouldn't go crazy. You would not have went crazy. You understand? You would not have went crazy. Because I wasn't bothered when I saw the whole interview. I wasn't bothered. I was like, eh, okay. But when I seen that, I got bothered. I got bothered when I seen the little clip. got bothered. Now, a lot of people turn around, oh, she has a job to do, she has to do this, she has to do that. Hey, hold on your job for a little while. You can hold on. You can, you can definitely hold on. You have to understand how people do their, their decisions, all right? You can't do things too close to the cup. You have to wait till there's a cool down a lot of times. 
a lot of times. Even if you're right, that doesn't matter. Even if you're right, it does not matter. Or we're dealing with the facts here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, and networks are known to do this. Look at even Robert Downey Jr., even though we're not dealing with death. He's pushing a movie. First thing, some of these networks, some of them. Oh, you had drug problems. Oh, you had this. What are you going there for? <laughs> Though it's something different, but there's an analogy between the two. What are you going there for? So you're trying to pump up your ratings, pump up your likes and everything else. You at the station, too, working there. Your producers, your higher-ups say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And we just gave you seven-figure money. You got to play the game. Always remember, they will put you underneath the bus. Now, there should be a lot of attacking at the network. You understand? Now, here's the other side of this. My mother always says this. What don't happen in 20 years can happen in a day. We see everybody catches it, and anybody can get got. All it takes is someone to say, take this out of context and put it right here. All right? You have police officers on their job, never draw their gun. They're about three months away of getting out, getting their pension. Then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. they duck ducking shots. They, they, they're firing their gun and everything else. Didn't happen at all until it was finally for them to get out of there. What doesn't happen in 20 years can happen in a day. So she caught it. She messed up. But the network also messed up. She's just own it, in my opinion, and it will pass. You keep trying to defend and defend, it keeps getting stronger and stronger. Just own it. I messed up. I shouldn't have asked that. But the network also threw me underneath the bus. You're the scapegoat on, the, on a network. You are. The network is bigger, more powerful. You're a scapegoat. You. you understand? How come they're not really attacking the network? Anybody? How come Gail's not attacking the network? Oh, what did they pay? What, $11 million or something like that? Ah, yeah, exactly. So you're going to hold this, Gail. Now, one other thing I do like. I do like how the black men stood up. That I do like. I did like that. Whether that's right or wrong, but I do like the unity for a change on something. You understand? Whether it's right or wrong, eh, I don't know. But I, do, I just happen to like it. I just happen to like it. You know, so that's all I'm really going to say about this right here. What don't happen in 20 years can happen in a day. All right? And the network threw her underneath the bus. And she shouldn't really ask the questions, given how soon it was to the cup. There you go. Forget about all of that. Oh, I'm a journalist and all that other BS and all that other stuff. You can let this one go. Yeah. Go um, to the listening audience, I see we have quite a few calls. And for those who want to join in the discourse, simply press 1. Press 1. That way we know that you want to jump in on the fun. Again, uh, discussing the Gail King versus Snoop Dogg versus the black male contingent, uh, Susan Rice. And let, let me just go backwards a little bit to, to, to give full um, information because I, I think we kind of went in assuming everybody knows about this. And I think everybody, you know, mo- many people probably do know. But again, it's stemming from this interview that um, Gail King had with, with uh, Lisa Leslie, discussing Lisa Leslie, really discussing – Lisa Leslie, and Lisa Leslie just so happens to be uh, a, a friend of the late Kobe Bryant. So somewhere in this interview, she decides to ask Lisa about 
this 2003 rape charge that many of us remember, but then, then again, you have folks that have been born since 2003 that are 15, 16, 17 years of age, and they probably don't know anything about this part of Kobe Bryant's uh, history. And that case was highly controversial, but at the, at the end of it, there was a dismissal. This young woman claimed that that she was raped by Kobe Bryant. That it was a, that it was a uh, it was a sexual liaison that was not consensual. And he asserted that it was consensual, which how many of these cases. This is how many of these cases work out. Is as he says, she sa- she says. However, what ended up happening is like like any other uh matter of jurisprudence it's really i think people are confused about what what the courts are about the courts aren't necessarily about weighing getting at the truth the courts i don't know how effective the courts can get at the truth the courts are really deemed to be a a balancing act of credibility what is more what is more likely what is more likely yeah, coming to a conclusion, right? So what ends up happening is on this young lady's side, there became a, a a a plethora of issues that made her not a credible witness between uh, sexual liaisons within the same day afterward of this of this uh, in quotes heinous rape. Then there was the the uh, DNA sampling that had at least maybe two. Let's say two or three other semen samples. You know, again, you're going before court. You're getting your DNA, your DNA tested, your the, the the underwear you wore, and there's other men's semen in that underwear. Uh, a, a Caucasian hair, if I remember correctly, was in that in that uh, underwear. A male Caucasian hair. So, and then this this woman's. Um, uh, mental stability. There was uh, 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 allegations of of, of uh, schizophrenia and psychosis, and 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 bragging about the encounter. With so, so there were so many things coming out about her that it's one thing for Gail to say, "Well, the, wit- the you know the the witness refused to testify." No, what also happened was the prosecution dropped the case. The prosecution, the DA, did not feel confident with this woman because we've seen. DAs, when they think they have a case, they stick on it like a, bow, a, a dog on a bone. We saw that uh, in the Bill Cosby case that that was supposed to be a closed case, in quotes, with his deposition transcripts being being closed. But then the judge in that case didn't necessarily like Bill Cosby's comportment after that matter, and then he reopened it, which many people people don't really think about that, but that's kind of a a weird workaround that you didn't think could be done. So there was a there was kind of a threat to open up that transcript. They opened up the transcript, and this is also post a civil court settlement of around three million dollars with his his uh, plaintiff. So. You have a, a confluence of things happening with black men 
with their dealings with the court system. And I'll just I'll just say this. I'm not going to get into the 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 how can I put this? The the rightness no, well, I, I don't want to use the term. I don't, I don't even want to use the term rightness. It, one could say that under what constitutes fair journalism, Gail King was within bounds. So let's 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 go there. I don't think too many people are arguing that Gail King was in, was in fair bounds of what is considered fair journalism. Okay, that's one way of looking at it. And many folks would say, yeah, you know, okay, she can do that. My issue with it is, is that we've seen other high-profile personalities that have had um, controversial incidents in their history, in their biography. And they calibrate how that's brought up. When you brought up when you brought up um, Robert Downey Jr., RDJ, who let's be let's let's keep it 100. RDJ is a different RDJ. We can we can say personally maybe, but publicly more certainly, he was a, a a bad boy in the 80s, a young man, drug addled. I mean, just infamously drug addled and just couldn't get it together. At, we saw his we saw his maturation, and now RDJ is beloved. He is beloved. His whole thing has been straightened out. So when someone attempts, this man is living. When someone attempts to go there on that journalism thing, he famously walked out of an interview, and people get mad. They say that part of his life has been resolved. They don't go there anymore. That man's had such a his his post dysfunction is at such a height that they're not going to allow you to go into that. I, I dare I say, and we hope we hopefully we have RDJ with us for a long time. When that man when that man passes, let's say many decades from now, I don't think they're going to go that deep into his drug past. And his drug and his drug past was quite significant. They're not going to go there. We know that uh, Kirk Douglas, iconic Actor from the golden age of film. Iconic guy. Iconic tough guy. He r- reportedly, it was a, there was a rumor that he, as a young man, but not, you know, not young enough, young man uh, was sexually um, inappropriate with Natalie Wood. No one's really going into that. They're just not. They're just not. They're not really touching that. So, I'll close out on this. I have more to say, but I want to hear from our from our listeners. My main thing is, I am confused with this need to kind of go into a case where the result was was like a dismissal. They didn't even go through a full trial. He 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 did what he he did what he was supposed to do. He went through the legal, went through the legal system, and when it came down to the case to proceed, the case was dismissed. That's the end of the conversation. Now, this need to relitigate the case seventeen years later 
even if the man was not dead, I would have an issue with it. Because to me, is that once the case is won and done, what, what is there to talk about? There's really nothing else to discuss. But to relitigate it, to make you, to relitigate it really means because we're in a moment where we're relitigating things. We're revisiting things, and we're, we're going into people's caskets. And in this case, I don't quite understand getting, going into a case that was, it was dismissed. When, when um, Evan Wood, the actress from Westwood, and a few other white actresses go out on Twitter, on social media, and say, well, you know, it's kind of sad, but he was a rapist. You can't no, call him a man. You, it's, 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 it, 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 those people's jobs, and I like Evan Wood on the show, but what's happening is that these women had personal problems, personal issues, and now their issue supersedes everybody else's issue. Like, because she had... Uh, a misconduct background. Now everybody's case is the same as her case. That's a ment- that's a nut job. But to say somebody is a rapist when a, when that case was dismissed, you can't do that. You can't call the man a rapist because he was clearly not a rapist. But you're going to. But we're in a stage now where an allegation equals guilt. That's not that's yep. not American. That's not the American legal system. It just isn't. And especially. And especially being a black person, because what's happening is that these, these many of the black women and white women, black women perceive white women to be their sorrows. And that relationship is very uh, cantankerous, and, and it's, it's, not, it's not solid. <laughs> it's not solid. We saw the election in 16. It's not solid. But when, they, when, when Wood weighs in on... Um, when Wood weighs in on Bryant and calls him a rapist, really? Uh, this, this is not. This is a, this was a black man. This wasn't just a man. This is a black man in a system. Well, I, 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 I'll, I'll stop here because I, I can go on for another thirty minutes on this. I mean, it's me personally, I don't want to be a hog. So, so um, what are you saying, Afternoon? It's not fair to black men. The system. Saying it's like the court uh, system that's not fair to black men. Well, we we well look statistics back that up. Yes, that's our maxim. We know that we know this is, is not fair to black men. We know if a white man and okay. a black man have the same priors and all that, everything else, that the white man gets less time. Yes, we have those statistics. Yes, we know that. So what so, I'm so asking you, you is, I'm asking you, you know. You're saying they're not being fair to black men. That's what I'm asking you. Well, no, what, well, what I... The detainment system, sorry. so to speak. I would say well, you put that as the entertainment system, journalists, and all that other stuff. No, what I'm saying, actually, is um, for, 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 for black women specifically, black women in power, who 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 famously, on, on many occasions, let's be fair, black women will, will have historically gone hard in the paint, going back to someone like Ida, Ida B. Wells. Black women have gone hard in the paint for black men over this system, over this same system. So when a black man is able to come out of that system unscathed, 
because he was a man of means or, or, or circumstances or, or the, the, the case played out accordingly. If it works at a black man, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say the system is corrupt and black men aren't getting a fair share. I mean, we, we have Ava DuVernay doing documentaries and getting awards for how screwed up that system is. Okay, so when the so when the system works for the black man, now the man is still guilty. So you got to explain that to me. You can't you can't cut you can't be a black woman fighting for black men over this system. When the system works in a way for a black man, in this case, it, it worked the way it's supposed to work. It worked the way it's supposed to work. Black or white, this time it, it actually. Bet on black to reference Wesley Snipes. Bet on black this time, and you actually won. You actually won a case. Now, black some black women weighing in with their white sorrows are are looking at this like, well, you got it. You know, you still guilty though. No, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. That's my problem. The case is dismissed. There's nothing. There's nothing here. Especially 70 years later. White women, white women had a problem. See, there's a lot of things people aren't saying. White, some white women had a problem with Kobe Bryant when he won the Oscar. This anti-Kobeism was bubbling up. Anytime he was he was having public success after after um, after retiring from basketball, and you know, an Oscar is is a big societal win. You know, it's a big it's a big approval. White women were weighing in, mostly white women and some black women, but mostly white women were saying, well, he's a rapist. Why are you giving? That's, no. No. This is a black man, and you, have, you as a collective have accused, has done this before. And then decades later, it really didn't happen. That's our history. This is where intersectionalism fails. This is where intersectionalism fails. We send, we've seen, Captain, diminutive white women confronting black men on tape on YouTube today with no fear of black men. Now, why do you think that is? How do you see, how do you expect, how do you explain a five foot two white woman talking smack and threatening and finger pointing a 250, six foot five black man without, without any fear? Why do you do that? Why, why is a white woman able to do that? I'm asking you. You tell me. Oh, well, <laughs> you tell me. Well, because she's because the law protects her. She knows. She knows that her. She's higher on the tier level. She's higher in the on the caste system. She's not just a woman. She's a white woman. I've seen. I've seen white women say, point blank, "You're not going to do anything." Even white women in relationship with black men have said, "If you don't." Don't forget, if you get too out of pocket, I can always claim rape. Mm-hmm. They've had they have audio of some of this stuff, and I've seen audio of some of these confrontations. These you know Becky, Becky, uh, you, know, you know all these little memes that, black, that some black folks have had when you saw um, uh, they were blocking a black person's egress. You know those kind of white women. I saw one white woman specifically after a, a little minor fender bender. She she said. Uh, I dare you to do something to me because, you know, I, she said, I'm, I'm white. You can't hurt me. <laughs> so, 
I mean, this is this is the, this is what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, let's, enough of me just kind of uh, pontificating. Uh, gentleman from from uh, who we, we keep tabs on. Uh, I want to bring him in because I think he's in the Indi- I, I think he's from Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis's Indiana's finest. Four six three. I think Brandon wanted to come in. Let me bring him in, sir. I don't see him on the board. Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, hey. I wasn't hey, even man. ready. I was going to let you and them go first or whatever, you know. No, we got you, man. So what okay. are your thoughts about well, all of this? Well, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little under the weather, so. Um, it's okay. I think uh, you and Cap definitely both brought up good points um, as far as, like, and, and the point about when you said, like, the prosecution let it go. Because we know, we all know that when the prosecution's got a bone, like a dog ain't oh, letting the bone go. <laughs> and like you said, they 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 did let it go. Um, and so this, I didn't even know about these these other celebs that you were talking about that uh, were saying calling Kobe a race a rapist. I'm like, dang, I didn't even see all that. Was that on Twitter or whatever? Hello? Yeah, I mean it's in the news. I mean it's more than that. I, I think uh, a New York Times columnist also used the term rapist. A white uh, there's been a fair share of white women who are coming out calling this man a rapist, straight up. Oh man, I did not even know all that. Oh. So and some of them, some of them have uh, been suspended, no firings, of course. So there's some things have gone down. But you know what happened when this when when the when the man when we first heard of the man dying, like the first twenty four first twenty four to forty hours, there were a few uh-huh. high profile white women that called used the term rapist and kind of not really feeling so much about the fact that this man and his daughter and and seven other people died. They were like, oh well, it's tragic, but he was a rapist, so yada yada. <sighs> and see, uh, when a, I wonder how, how. Let me say this: when a man. Uh, gets a case that's dismissed. He's still he's still guilty. Come on now. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. That is a part of today, like how things are today. Like I think you and Cap are both saying, as far as just the, uh, you know, after all, after Me Too and all of that stuff. So, every, and and that's the thing I was wondering. Like, are these people saying this because they don't they want to make sure someone doesn't come back on them saying, hey, wait a minute, what about? You know the whataboutisms of it all. You know to where they feel like they're not, they don't want to get called out, or is this just truly how they feel? You know what I mean? Or it's probably both. Well, I'll say this much: I think because everybody we worries can make about a... that approval. You know what I mean? Well, I I tell you this. I tell you mentality. this. I tell you this. I think what's crazy. Well, it's funny you mentioned mob mentality. Uh, uh-huh. Black men, black men have been subject to the mob mentality. For quite some time, also over over white women, when a the uh, the, the dissolution yeah. of Black Wall Street was over a white woman's claims. Oh uh, yeah, and when it, and when the, and when when our legacy, our monies, our financial institutions were decimated, were, were uh, obliterated, then she's like, oh well, this is, wasn't really quite what what it was. This this allegedly. Yeah. Because, you know, in the 20s were, in, in 1920s were a much simpler time. If a black man yeah. simply touched, 
if a black man, I think it, well, it, the story goes in black, I'll be quick, that um, you had a, a black, I believe a female elevator operator or something, a white female in an elevator and a black, like a black young man, like I think he might have been a shoeshine boy or something. And he, he literally mm-hmm. kind of like tri- trips, in, trips into the elevator and kind of falls on her. Like that simple mm. thing like that caused her to freak out. Black man, I mean, you can imagine something that simple. And then once they, so, so when, it, when it happens to like, when it, when it starts off, you know how, this, how it goes when a story gets passed along and it gets more and more absurd. What, mm-hmm. what happened is a small like touch on the shoulder because he tripped. It ends up white man, accost, black man accosted, black man tried to rape her. That incensed these already angry and jealous white people in the town where they ended up bombing our legacy. Black Wall Street gone off of one white woman's claims. Now, that's our right. history. Scottsboro boys, there have been a number of cases involving white women making claims where the claims, if they really went into the, into the, into the meat of the matter, they just were not credible. But these black men... They were brought to, brought to jail, and just the allegation, uh, white mob rule would come into play, and they would yank that black man out of jail and string him up oh, yeah. and burn him and kill him. Now, that's, that's not that far away. You're talking about maybe 60, mm-hmm. 70 years ago. Okay? That's the history of allegations. Your life right. didn't matter. An allegation could kill you. Mm-hmm. And... Well, and, and, and and yes, and in more than half of these cases, they were not what they were supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Sixty years after Emmett Till's passing, the same white woman who I, I believe is still alive today, who was a teenager then, said, "Well, it didn't really happen." You see what I mean? Yeah, that's frightening. So this, this man won the. This man wasn't even winning the case. The the prosecution said, "There's nothing here to see. <laughs> we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't get this case." This woman's going to blow it. She's not credible. That's the end of the discussion. Why are we still talking about it? Anyway, right. Brandon, I'm going to keep yeah. you on hold. You got one more thing to say, or? Oh, just the part about Gail. I mean, again, if both of you covered it, but, um, and I kind of, I think I believe I said the same thing on Twitter. Like, yes, she, she was doing her job, but like I said, you know, she could have used restraint. I mean, the, the timing of, if not anything, if you absolutely have to bring that up, it, that timing is not any good. That timing is terrible. And like I said, either use your own personal strength, or if the network is pressing her to do that, like if they prepared all the you know all the questions like they do, um, she had she had to put some you know some pushback on that yeah. to save herself from the smoke that she got. Here's something I want to add. I had the pleasure. I believe Q Storm had the pleasure too. Hmm. I seen how a small news work, and I said news work, news network in Long Island works, and two mm-hmm. large ones that you watch every day, how they work. All right. Right. Let me tell you, it's a show. It's a total mm-hmm. show. They cut, oh, yeah. chop, add music. Sometimes they uh-huh. can't run certain stories. They won't run it. It comes across their good desk. A higher-up said, oh, we can't run this about this individual and this type of thing. Or sometimes they add things in, and then the person who's doing the story, not this case here with uh, Gail, 
Uh-huh. When you see the news clipping, or uh, not news clipping, when you see the, the people that give you the news, that announce the news, that sit in front of the desk, they're reading a lot of times from a teleprompter. And yep. they have people that say, okay, change this word, put this word in, because it will pop more and everything else. It's a show. So you're not getting yeah. really the news. It's a manufactured news with most of it being true. But, yes, yeah. and then they alter it some. So we have to put a lot of this on the network because they were yeah. the ones that said, boom, let's take her oh, words definitely. and pump that so we can get oh, yeah. more likes, more people yes. involved. Well, definitely for the social media people. part. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. So we have to understand but again, that. even understand even that. before that, though, I mean, we can probably blame them for the set of questions they were asked. I mean, I don't know if she's got complete carte blanche that, that on that. too, from the you producers know? and the higher-ups. That, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, because everything that, that you see on TV, we know, just like you're saying right now, it's prepared. Right. Everything is it's a production. Of course. Of course. And most of it's written, <laughs> pre-written, yeah. even if it's live. Brandon, we appreciate right. your support, man. We got we got three, quite a few callers here. Oh yeah, yeah. So keep have, keep I'll... keep listening, man. We appreciate it. I am. All right. Okay, man. All right, brother. Um, let's go to uh, our friend from Chi Town, Sergio Mims. I'm sure he has a lot to say. Uh, we got to keep him on a leash because you know he's gonna go off off the rails. Sergio, famed cineast yeah, from Chi Town. Keep me on a leash, right? Um, <laughs> Um, well, okay. Um, I think it's wrong for her to be attacked. Like, I'm talking about Gail King, attacked like that, you know, deference and all that. That's wrong. But look, she gets paid $12 million a year at CBS, uh, which makes her, I think, the highest paid person on, in CBS News currently right now, which means she has a lot of pull uh, on that show uh, in, in terms of uh, things that she does, and some other things as well. Believe me, she would not okay any interview or any interview snippet without her okay. You know, for her to be blaming the network is BS. Nothing gets past her that she's involved in that doesn't have her official okay. She agreed to that clip, and it backfired in her face. Now she's trying to backtrack, saying that it was the network. I don't believe that for a minute. I'll tell you something else, too. Uh, funny, how come she hasn't said anything about Charlie Rose? She worked with That's that guy true. for a couple of years. Um, I have yet to hear anything. Is she interviewing anybody or anybody with Charlie Rose? It's just like, oh, well, that's too bad. She has nothing to say about Charlie Rose. She still hasn't defended her friendship with Harvey Weinstein, but she goes after Kobe Bryant. Look, it's no question that, that Oprah and, and, or as they call them, Oprah and Kale, have an agenda against black men. They've always had. And she got caught <laughs> this time. <laughs> Oprah and Kale. <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard that? Yeah, that's why I've been no, hearing I, I Oprah have, and Kale. I, I have. I have. Right. Right. Um, that she got caught. It backfired in her face. Now she's trying to backtrack. Um, anyway, that's that's my three cents. Um, okay. Well, let me let me say this quickly. Uh, you know, you mentioned Charlie Rose, right? and that's correct. Charlie Rose was was her colleague. They sat. They were on the same show. Um, right. Probably. I mean, in the same building. This guy. This guy was like. When you hear the stories. He's walking yeah, around with no clothes on, his drawers on, and, and all kinds of, I mean, this, he was he was out there. 
you know, right. uh, Matt Matt Lauer and and Les Moonves ran the network, or ran, you know, he yeah. had a CBS. So oh, that's right, Les Moonves. I forgot about him too. Right, right. Let, 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 all, all these all these infrastructure infrastructural infrastructural probably infrastructural institutional rapists, alleged rapists, are far beyond. You talk about the you know the uh, Jeffrey Epstein is 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 flying uh, heads of of nations to this island of young women of of underage girls allegedly. We'll never get the full story on that. But again, she's she's in those circles, and yet it seems that she gets the instructions to do a color coded attack. Like I would have more respect for her if it was more of a a shotgun a shotgun blast because those. Because let's, let's, let's keep it 100. These two women are supposed to be of a certain status where they're supposed to be interviewing just about anybody. It should not be color-coded attacks. Why is Gail King focused on R. Kelly and now Kobe Bryant? Like, why is it color-coded that way? Well, especially, like you said, she literally is in the purview of these people. Now, I'm not saying that she would have known, although that, look, that 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 might also be something you know that could be speculated but let's say let's say they would let's say we don't know like we don't, don't what? know about who well look i'm going to be i'm going to do i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they would not know the personal affairs of these people now but it's hard for me to say with weinstein because weinstein's situation was was a uh an open secret they made jokes about right. the casting even, couch. Even the guy, they made jokes. The, they made jokes. They made jokes about the casting couch with Harvey Weinstein. You, I mean, when do people start owning up that this this is the industry that you're working in that people knew for for multiple decades that that guy was that way and they made jokes about it until it wasn't funny anymore. Yeah, that ahead, guy uh, who uh, created the Family Guy. Uh, gosh, I forgot his name now. Uh, uh, family Guy. Seth Seth MacFarlane. Seth, uh, Seth MacFarlane. He made jokes about Weinstein like two years on award shows, two years before this whole blew over. And everybody was like, oh, you can't say that. But, you know, it was an open secret back then. Um, uh, but still, uh, Gail and, and Oprah have yet to explain all those pictures of her boot up with him kissing him and all that stuff. She has yet to say anything about that. Has she has she interviewed anybody on the show about Harvey Weinstein? Has Oprah Winfrey interviewed anybody on her show who was a victim of Harvey Weinstein? Uh if I'm wrong tell, correct me, but I don't think so. I think to be honest with you, Sergio, I think the the real story here is that black men aren't really that silent. That's the that's the part of the story that I'm actually most intrigued by, because um, you know Susan Rice now she's waiting to add some extra sauce on this thing. Um, well, she's married to a white guy. She's gonna go. She's gonna be doing that too. You know. Well, look, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. I, I noticed it. Well, yeah, I, I say know, it's I, fair. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you have that because we saw that uh, what Lonnie Love also kind of threw out barbs a few weeks ago. And then you kind of notice the same theme, and it, 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 there is look. I'm not comfortable with black male versus white, uh, black male versus black female kind of shenanigans. Not on the public stage. I'm not comfortable with it. 
But I, I, I will say, and I've, I've said it on the show, that I think that some empowered black women aren't too keen in seeing, in seeing uh, black men as having their own issues, as being a protected class. It's, it's, like, uh, it's amazing. You know, when, um, when Barack, President Barack Obama had his uh, My Brother's Keepers initiative, the first thing that many black women said was, well, we need one too. Uh, when I, I just think I've said it many times on the air. When I was um, with me and the Oracle, we went to the Million Man March. Uh, I remember at that time, and I understood exactly what was going on. I understood exactly what was going on, and um, there were a number of black women that said, "Well, we want to go. We want to come too." In defiance of what uh, Mr. Honorable uh, Louis Farrakhan has said, look, this has got to be a um, this got to be a men, men's only thing. I understood what that meant. That 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 this I said at the time. I said, "Why are black women being difficult when we're actually trying to get together? We're trying to go into the cave and figure out our mess." But they were insistent in bogarding that. And I and I can't imagine black men trying to bogard a black women's affair. It just went, so there's been a long-standing issues between black men and black women that I think are being that are fomented fomented by outside sources. I will say say that. I think it's being fomented by outside sources, but to play it out, this is being this is kind of being played out in the public. And and as as though as, uh, even though I think that what Snoop Dogg was his his responses were problematic and Susan Rice's responses were equally as gangster considering that she was a national national security advisor uh, under the Obama administration. Um, I like that black men are saying, you know what, we're, we're not we're not going for this. We're, we're not. It, it, there's been too many too many cases, one after another, where we're seeing black women not really weighing in on it fairly, or they're not doing the tribal thing. They're actually being kind of anti-black man. And there's there, there's a theme going on when I talk about social engineering. And all these things, I think, is finally kind of reached ahead right now. All right, Serge, hold on one second. I'm going to keep you uh, on mute for a second. I'm going to bring in um, Q-Storm, give, let him have his say, and then we're going to go on to something else. Q-Storm. Yes, sir. So What's up, I want to respect. I want to respect that you want to keep this, what did you say at the beginning, focused at the beginning of the show? Oh, yeah. And uh, I've I just been taking notes as I've been listening. I was in the car before, but you see I changed phones over. I'm at home now. So <clears throat> let me just – now, I'm just saying this to give you my bona fides, okay? doesn't mean I know crap, but I think I have a little bit of experience, 10 years of news experience. I worked at three uh, affiliates, ABC, NBC, and Fox. Started my career off at CNN, telecommunications degree with a partial degree in journalism. Worked at BET News directly with Ed Gordon. Worked, for, worked at BET Tonight directly with Jackie Reed. So take that as you will. I'm just saying that, and I'm not just speaking out my, my hindquarters when I say what I'm going to say. And nothing I'm going to say have you not already heard and, and not, have you not already heard addressed. Um, but <clears throat> when I was saying, I saw the interview when it aired last week. Because I always, the day, my routine when I'm working from home, CBS this morning for two hours, then I go to CNN. 
okay? So I watch C- CBS This Morning all the time, okay? I saw the interview, and I was thinking, it starts off with Gail asking Leslie questions that allowed Leslie to speak highly in praise of Kobe, to speak about how he uh, shone a light on the WNBA, how he would attend her games, how they became friends because he would constantly attend her games. And she talked about how he gave a a voice or a, a platform to the WNBA because he would go to the game. So most of the beginning of the interview, most of the interview was about praising and uplifting Kobe. Then she asked those questions. Now, before she asked those questions, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, now, there's no way she's not going, she's just going to softball this. She has to address what happened in the past. And people are talking about, why are we talking about this 17 years? Does it matter? It, it, It was litigated, went away. Let's not remember, Kobe got on national TV in front of national cameras, gave his wife a, what, $6 million piece of rock, was crying in front of the camera. He made it something that was etched in his legacy. The fact that he, and I want to, this is the fact, the fact that he cheated on his wife. Now, he could have handled that in private, but he chose not. He made it public. So to not address that issue that he made public, and it was contingent upon the, whether it was uh, true or false, it was dismissed, the rape charge, which maybe it was fake, I don't know. Maybe it was, but it was still a charge that he brought to light or, or continued it by getting on public national TV with that presentation. I said to myself, she's not going to be doing her job if she doesn't bring that up in, in some fashion, right? And so she brought it up. She got dragged through the mud. She's getting dragged through the mud. Had she not brought it up, she would have gotten dragged through the mud. Okay, a couple other notes. And you, you tell me when, I, when I've spoken too long, okay? I think Sergio spoke. Why hasn't she said, said anything about Charlie Rose? I posted two days ago, she and Noah O'Donnell – both spent at least a half hour talking about Charlie Rose, and she had some vitriolic things to say, but she also said that he is a friend of hers, and she couldn't believe how he could behave that way. So she did talk about Charlie Rose. The other thing Sergio said, he said that he's 100% certain that she approved the interview. I know where he's coming from with that, she has so much power there, and this is the same with uh, Ed Gordon. With all, we interviewed Cosby in front of with Ed Gordon. I met Bill Cosby. We interviewed at Columbia University. Okay. She does have the she she retains the right to approve or disapprove all of her interviews. I'm I'm I'm, I'm speculating because she has that power. That doesn't mean she does it all the time. So we cannot say with any assurance she because. Having worked in news for 10 years, I've seen, at least locally, anchors say, okay, uh, Mike, just cut this together. I trust you. Cut it together, blah, 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 and I'll come and take a look at it, or we'll just let it run. You, you did that last story for me. I liked it. Just cut this together. I want you to include this, 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 whatever. And they don't even bother to sit because they, they got to write copy. They got to get on to the assignment. They got to get to the assignment desk and get the next reports. So it doesn't mean just because she had the right to do it because of her power doesn't mean she did. All right. Um, I don't know why we're presuming that Gail knew about Weinstein's issues. 
Okay, doesn't mean, and I'm not going to argue. Maybe she should interview him, but I don't assume that she knew what Weinstein was up to. Now, here we go. This is the most problematic for me. And uh, uh, Debert, I say this respectfully, and I said it. I said it in, in Twitter. When Trayvon Martin, when that incident went down, I came on your show. I made the comments. Okay, Debert. Everything you're saying about how we behave, how we navigate, I agree with you 100%. You are 100% right. But don't you think maybe you could wait a week or two days, three days before? Your response to me was, how much time should we wait, Q? How long does it take? When can we talk about these things, Q? And now I hear you saying, why are we talking about this now? Why didn't we talk about when he was alive? It's, it's too, you didn't say it's too soon, but I got that implication from you. The other thing is, and my brother, again, no shade, just observation. The last show you did after Kobe's death, you got on and you critiqued Kobe for using a helicopter to get around his environs. And I thought, okay, I see where he's coming from, you know, flying in a helicopter to take your kids to school or this or that. You do increase the risk, but, I mean, he had it like that. So, I don't know. That's an odd thing to criticize someone for after they just died. So, if you can critique that, how is it possible that we throw shade on Gail for critiquing something that Kobe gave life to when he got on national TV, gave his wife a $6 million, I'm saying $6 million, it was in the millions, a rock that would blind Stevie Wonder, and gave more legs to the story. So, so that, I, I'm going to go. I'm not going to say anything. I hope I didn't create a vortex. But that, that's what I have to say about the issue. Well, look, you're entitled to your opinion. That's what we ask for on our show. I'm not going to go to battle with you on this thing because I thought that my, I think that some of what I have said in the past is pretty clear. I think you have an issue with how it's interpreted. I think comparing Trayvon Martin with, with – um, Kobe Bryant, it's just, it's just they just don't match. I mean, you know, you, you may think differently. I don't see them matching. Uh, Kobe Bryant has a, has a literal biography. Unfortunately, um, and the nature of their deaths were different. In the case of Kobe Bryant, I, thought, I do thought, think that ac- excess had something to do with his death. That, that they're coming in and saying, what? Uh, there's no, they can't find any, any sense of engine failure. I think it's, it's still a tragedy, but you and I have a different opinion on on analogies. I think Trayvon and K- and Kobe just cannot be matched that way. Just five seconds. See, you, I think you are mischaracterizing my words again. I am not comparing Trayvon and Kobe. I'm comparing the, the, how we determine who is allowed to have more grace, more time, more grace period before we can talk about it versus the other. That's what I'm comparing, not the people. Even, even Kobe was critiqued at the time for weighing in on the Trayvon Martin matter, kind of sort of like I did. So I, I just kind of a, it's kind of a weird coincidence. But uh, look, I'll, I'm not going to go back and forth with you, <laughs> like the song says. Um, I just think that in this case. We could, we, I even said that I think there's a journalistic standard that she's entitled to. However, we've seen other folks of, of note, 
other high-profile individuals that they're just not going to go there. You're not going to see people delving into Robert Downey Jr.'s drug past because when they try to do it, they get smacked down. So the black community smack, are smacking people down saying, look, uh, and also, you know, what you said about um, the, the $4 million ring, this is really a $4 million ring, a $4 million ring and uh, Hope Kobe being, being um, unfaithful to his wife, that's separate than a criminal rape allegation. So you're conflating those two things. That's not what uh, – Gail didn't even really address that. Gail was more about this guy raped somebody or was alleged to have raped somebody. How does that measure up with his, with his legacy? And Leslie, Leslie said, I don't know this man the way you – I don't know that man you're talking about. And then she kept on saying, but you really wouldn't know him like that, would you? You know, she was angling in on a certain kind of spin on a 70-year, uh, 70-year-old case, uh, uh, court case that was resolved. It was dismissed. So you're going to still – I don't understand making someone guilty when they're not, and it's been that way, and it's deemed that way in a court, court of law. A black man went through the system, came out of it, Came out of it the way I mean, I, I just I don't get I don't get it. You can't keep on re, you cannot keep on relitigating a case, which is exactly what she's trying to do. When she said, "Well, you really wouldn't see that," all she had to say was she's entitled to ask about that case and say, "Well, you know, he went through this he went through this ordeal. Do you think that will taint his legacy?" And she said, "No, yes or no. That's the end of the conversation." But then to go into litig- litigating it. After it was dismissed, come on, Q, you have to admit, that doesn't make any sense. You're really, you're you're trying to angle in on guilt because you're in a Me Too moment. It's the zeitgeist. You have allegations, you you have people calling the man a rapist. You can't call the man a rapist. You can't call the man a rapist. The case was dismissed. Y'all never call him a rapist, though, just to be clear. I'm not saying that. See, that's what I'm talking about, Q. I, I never said that. I'm saying that that's the atmosphere she's working in. That's the issue. I'm, 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 you know, look, that's what it is. I think, I think we, we can be respectful about that. You're entitled to your opinion. I just think that we sometimes come up against, against this wall with each other because I think we have a different view of analogies. That's all, and that's just the way it is. Anyway, folks, we may revisit this at some point. We've still got about an hour or such left. Um, I'll, I'll, Kathy, do you have any thoughts on this, and then we can go on to something else? No, See, it's a hot topic. Let's move it's a hot to topic. Else. Let's move on. Right. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, did, I just noticed he, he came in. The uncanny. You know, he's like um, Nightcrawler. Bam! <laughs> I might have to get that as a – maybe I have to get that as, as a uh, audio. Bam! <laughs> Let's bring in the uncanny. What's up? Hey, Happy man. Sunday, Happy Sunday. Okay, what do you what do you say, man? I, I I saw your you were kind of prolific on Twitter. What are your thoughts, sir? I go like uh, I'll tell you what I told the coworker and stuff like this when it came to it. All right, Gail, you're happy. You you're gonna do your thoughts and everything like that. But once you go there, once you go there, once you you say what you said, don't run because they're going to bring up those pictures I remembered of Weinstein. All right, don't go. Okay, I, and someone's going to bring it up, and you stand by your statement. All, all the same, uh, 
those pro Kobe people put up the pictures of her and Oprah with Weinstein, and then the next thing I hear, oh, oh, Gail from Oprah, oh, Gail's torn up about this. She can't really respond to stuff. Boom, you're going to do that to Kobe. Yours is going to get pulled out too. All right. Now, uh, well, as I told Q one day, I agree with Gail. I thought there was some shenanigans that went down to Colorado. I still do. But you can't say that he was a total saint, and you can't say he's a total sinner. You have to look at the whole picture, the whole picture of what he did and what he continued to do afterwards. All right? That's, that's it. I got, I've gotten into arguments with friends. Oh, he's a rapist. It never went to trial. That was uh, the, <laughs> due to due to the witness and the thing. They, they couldn't put the case together, so you can't say that. But do I think some shenanigans went on? Yes. Come on, there's too much things there for shenanigans not to go on, right? But I also think it was kind of a good thing in a bad way because after that incident, a he never got in trouble again. And B, he totally turned the life around. He was no longer the arrogant prick, the arrogant guy that knew everything. He realized how close he came to getting his ass blown up in more ways than one. His ass blown up, and he totally turned. He supported women's sports. You saw his family. You saw, you saw the things with his daughter. You've seen how he supported amateur athletics about that. So, for all the people who say he's just this thing or he's just that thing, you're all wrong. He was both. That's how you report this. Let's keep on going. All right. Uh, I'll just say this, and I'll repeat it again. I don't. I, I know we're going to keep on. I, we're going to keep on seeing this kind of thing. But this whole idea of when a case weighs in, when that case is over, and the decision has been made, the, the relitigation, relitigation of cases where the verdict is verdict has come in and or a case has been dismissed, that's the end of the conversation. To continue the conversation to the point of, we want to make this guy guilty, I have a problem with that, especially as it's applied to black men. And black women who, again, have historically been hard in the paint with, with black men, talk about how the system works. When you go through that system and you come out the system in one piece, you can't go back and say, well, I still think you're guilty because I'm going to support my white sorrows. That's what's happening. Well, that's again, what's going down. Again, that's why that, that thing by that, that young reporter's sister, I don't have names on me right now, the way she laid it out was very eloquent, how everything is tied up into there, and two words constantly come back whenever something like this comes off, and it tilts. And then what yeah. did you get? That will constantly come back. Any case we have, that's why I said I said it on Twitter. This needs to be a teachable moment, all right? Just like Perm Edwards talking to young athletes, saying the sounds you don't want to hear as a young athlete about to make money is den and it, den and it. Why? Because you're not on the field yet. That means you done effed up somewhere else. If you hear that da 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 and it's your name, and you know you didn't play, that means you effed up, all right? So all young athletes, you're about to get that bag, you're that talented, keep your head on a swivel. 
right? Don't let your loins talk about for you. Don't look at, oh, we need to secure this bag. Don't don't be Aaron Hernandez. Don't be Kobe Kobe Bryant. Don't be, uh, who's the guy that played for uh, Dallas? Antonio. Was it? Oh. No, not Antonio Brown. The lineman. Was it Newton? Newton. Don't be Newton. He's the guy that, that just signed. Uh, like a $10 million contract the day before, the next day he was caught driving or driving a car for about, with about uh, half a ton of cocaine in it. Uh, and he said, I was looking for a thrill. Yeah, Don't okay. be that. All right? Yo, you, you're getting that bag, get that bag. All right? Well, you know, some, you know, some, you know something else, uh, uh, Daryl, which is funny. You know, you mentioned Emmett Till. Uh, if you take out the race, you might have to say Johnny Depp now. Isn't that interesting? You know, uh, Johnny Depp. Let me bring. Let me mention it to the audience. The reason why I mentioned Johnny Depp, the actor Johnny Depp, is that Johnny Depp has a, has had a, a cantankerous and well fought fought and you know well recognized divorce case with his wife Amber Heard. Um, uh, we know her from Aquaman, right? So. Uh, now she made all these allegations of, of physical abuse, and you know this this man is the worst man on on the planet. And now some some audio comes out where this woman pretty much admits that she was the aggressor, and uh, he would walk away from from situations. I mean, he comes out completely like he said he would, but but because you're in a movement, and she was aware of the movement, she says, "I'm a I'm a woman, you're a man. We go before a judge." You're not gonna. You're not gonna win this. Now I'm not well, saying this I, is. I'm not saying this is the case for for every woman. I, but I don't think hashtag believe women is an appropriate hashtag. What it should be. What the hashtag should be. Take women seriously. Hashtag well, take. Hashtag take women seriously. But believe women. No, that's a little too open ended. Can I ask a question? If if we go back 19 months. I said it was a Chris Brown Rihanna situation. Guys who wondered what I was talking about. All right, Chris Brown hit Rihanna. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Chris Brown is an a hole, but you're letting Rihanna off the hook. So like, cause remember a month before, it was Chris Brown's birthday. She acted up and freaking hit him and at his birthday party and all of that. People let that go. His mom told him. Don't go back around that woman. She'll get you in trouble. Chris Brown didn't listen. Then what happens a month later? That happens. So all of a sudden, Chris Brown is the only a-hole in this now. He's an abuser, and Rihanna gets off scot-free. And I call them both a-holes. Well, hey, that's Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Right there. Same thing. Both a-holes. Moving on. Go ahead. There's talk about actually removing... Amber Heard from Aquaman the way they were trying to get uh, Johnny Depp off of those um, off of the uh, you know that franchise what is it um, Fantastic Beast yeah fa- thank you Fantastic Beast franchise now Turnabout is fair play I'm just saying Q make it quick we're gonna go to a, we're gonna go to a, a, a new mix uh, what is this uh, I've seen this in relation to this whole girl uh, this whole whole Gail debacle hashtag girl dad can someone explain what that is to me Oh no, because Kobe, with, with, with Kobe, all right, 
when Kobe went down, there, there was pictures with him and Gigi. Gianna, right. With, uh, with, uh, Hello? Your, your mic is down, um, Daryl. Your mic is down. Daryl, we're oh. not hearing you. Can you get me now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So they used the girl dad that was used to celebrate Kobe in a mocking way. That hashtag girl dad. Look at all the incidents. Hashtag girl dad. And that's why it's so trendy. You're going in and out. You're going in and out. I think I, I think I think I got the gist. Well, I thought it was I thought it was a positive initially. I Girl thought it was dad, positive too. I didn't know it was negative. Yeah, pictures of. Initially, go ahead, it was Darryl. positive. Initially, it was a positive, but then after this, the the women that were like against Kobe because of the the incident in Colorado started using it ironically, sarcastically. Like, oh, he did this, oh, and that's where it picks up steam again. Well, again, allegation equaling guilt, I I'm, I'm just don't get that. And I'm a black, in a, in a black skin where allegation equals guilt, we're not going to, somebody has to come, black men, I'm glad black men actually spoke up this time. Because that, that's not the kind of world we, have to, we, we can afford to live in. As black people, we can't, even irrespective of gender. Let's say let's, let's not even be about black man, black people. We can't live in a world where allegation equals guilt, because then that's that's it. Anyway, uh, right. Daryl, hold on, hold on. We're gonna go to a group. We come back. I want to get your opinion on these trailers coming out of Disney. You know, we saw a little bit of the Falcon in the Winter, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, and then we go, we'll get into a little bit of um, Super Bowl talk. I know it's been a week since, but I want to pick your brain on that. So hold on, folks. Again, a a Highly uh, passionate Grindhouse edition. This is Jordan McCampa. Jordan McCampa Magic. We're right back. Let's groove. I'm breaking a sweat, losing my head, don't know But when I get it, I'm gonna ask for permission So I can hold it, squeeze it, kiss it, I won't let go You must be magic, cause I'm under a spell Somebody got to me, cause I can't tell Oh well, but I can't get it up, can't get it up, can't get it up for your loving, baby Get it up, can't get it up for your loving, baby I can't 
Okay, folks. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a sticky deal there. Okay, um, we're back into the fold once again, and that was jo- Jordan McCampa. Jordan McCampa magic. All right, so um, let me bring back Daryl, the uncanny Daryl B. So we didn't have a show on Wednesdays, unfortunately, because we had problems with our tech. I think we resolved them a little bit anyway. So what were your thoughts you know, during the Super Bowl? We got all these commercials, and then we got a chance to see Disney Plus's a little bit of a, like, I think a 30-minute or a minute montage, montage of these upcoming Marvel shows. So what, what, what do you think about what we've seen so, so far? Even if, even if they're in flashes, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. What are your thoughts, sir? They look well done. That's simple. I mean, they look well done. I mean, uh, uh, Wanda and uh, the Vision, that looks like it came straight out of a combination of John Byrne's West Coast Avengers run and Tom Kane's Vision series. I mean, that's what that looks like. Um, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, somewhere Ed Brubaker has got a big smile on his face because they're leaning heavily into his run. And Loki... Loki only got a little bit, but with the rumors of sick coming back, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it to be so, something like uh, Mike Dodato's Lost Gods, Journey into Mystery, if you look it up. Journey into Mystery, Lost Gods type of thing, with Loki running wild and Asgard, different Asgardians returning to try to stop them. That's how I look at those. Is Is the Loki thing going to go into some kind of time travel thing? There's this talk yep. about the, a time travel thing, and we might get a, a different gender Loki, which we've seen in canon before. Yep, I'm or even a, or even a younger or even a younger Loki. You know, I'm, thinking, of, I'm thinking you're going you're going to see three versions of Loki in that series. You're going to see Loki as Tom Hiddleston, the female Loki, and the kid Loki. 
And if folks haven't been paying attention to Marvel Comics, each one of those Lokis over the past seven years have had important storylines connected to them. Captain, you have any thoughts about, you know, we're, we're a little late on this, but it's still pretty fresh. Um, you have any thoughts about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and these WandaVision, some of the trailers that came out from Disney Plus? Looks interesting. That's all I'm saying thus far. The little bit they showed me looks interesting. Looks worthy of my time. I don't know if I'm getting Disney Plus, but looks worthy of my time. Yeah, you know, I, I will. I will say, um, you know, you have folks that have enough time to stop the tape and to actually go frame by frame. And if you do that, you will see a lot of Easter eggs that we that might be coming out of this thing. Uh, the Marvel machine continues, and the canon. You know, we talked. We were supposed to do a show actually about does does canon even matter? And I think canon does matter quite a bit if it comes down to content, because. Well, first of all, there was there was a uh, a flash of the Scarlet Witch in her original costume, so I don't know if we will actually see that as like a standard, but they they definitely referenced it, which is kind of a cute thing that Marvel has done. You know, we saw that in the Luke Cage series that they kind of referenced his original somewhat goofy costume. They referenced it. Um, they referenced uh, uh, Jessica Jones' costume. Um, they did it so, in Captain America. They did it with Ant Man. The original costumes. They did it on. on uh, each one of these movies have had a flash of the original costume. I Iron Man famously. How did he get out of the cave? It was the original Iron Man costume. So Marvel will do that. Yeah, good for that. So uh, and then it was the connection to the the, the sitcom. It's going to be a whole kind of a her. her Maybe even a House of M kind of thing where her mind fractures, and she we we saw a picture of two cribs, which references these two children, these twins that she she's able to manifest because of magic. Matter of fact, we might even get more of her power set kind of sort of changing the whole hex her whole hex magic thing, which was never really discussed in any of the any of the Avengers films. Uh, her her maybe being labeled a mutant, might we might see that. What 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 do you think of the like the likelihood of that, Daryl? That Listen, we may see I the mean, whole definition coming from her. Well, I'm looking at it this way. I uh, uh, it may be a reverse where she she's lonely and stuff like that, and she lets out. I wish there were more people like me, and that's when the power do the uh, 180 from House of M where. Her her power, as said as the celestial Madonna, spawns mutants. I could see that happening, or uh, reveals or change, uh, or or she is the uh, Ductex Machina to to spawn mutants uh, in sort of backwards way. I could see that happening. All I want from the series is something that that the new New Mutants trailer gave me. New Mutants trailer gave me. The demon bear, kind of, sort of. Got to see that? If, if, if a vision and the Scarlet Witch or WandaVision gives me Chidon or gives me Master Pandemonium, they've already won. And guys, you guys could look them up. I'm not going to go into explaining that. <laughs> like, but but it's safe to say both of, those, both of those characters or demonic forces are very connected to her twins. 
Let's put it that way. Let me ask you something else. Um, birds of prey. Let me, let's do a transition. I, I tried to make myself believe I wanted to see birds of prey, but I, I'm not really interested in tarot. But I'm, I, you know, I'm going to have to see it on some at some point. Did you see Birds of Prey? Yep, had fun. I gave it an eight point five out of ten. It's a great okay, so time in Bur- the movies. So Birds of Prey was was okay. It's worthy of seeing. Oh yeah, it's okay. Oh, yeah. It's okay it's movie. Worth, it's worth seeing. It's worth. Listen, if you could watch Shoot 'Em Up, if you could watch any of those '80s guys freaking vigilante type flicks, you could watch this, guys. Guys all scared and up in their feelings about this. All right. Oh, go ahead. Hey, if you could watch Alita Battle Angel, you could watch this. If you could watch Captain Marvel, you could watch this. So, like, get, get your hurt male feelings out of the freaking way. Okay. And this is me. I'm the guy who was hating on it about Cassandra Kane. I'm still hating on it about Cassandra Kane, but I'm not lying. The girl played the role well. All right. Uh, except it wasn't Cassandra Kane; it was more Stephanie Brown. But, but again, uh, echoing Rosie Perez is out of place, though. <laughs> oh, no, oh, oh, no. You know what? She brought the attitude and stuff like that for Renee Montoya. That's great. Uh, you're, you're, but, pulling, you're pulling a bit. You're pulling the butt with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's Renee's attitude, though. She had the attitude down. It's just obvious that she can't go there anymore. As a, like, like, but, but here's something I brought up to a friend. If you look at White Man Can't Jump, and you look at the, 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 the current comic book movie thing, look at each of the actors in White Man Can't Jump, and look at comic book movies. A good 85% of the cast have been in the comic book movies. Well, let me say this quickly. Um, I, I'm not going to weigh in on like the reason why I didn't want to see Birds of Prey because of any kind of like feminist kind of is- issue. Because I'm I'm very primed to see Wonder Woman. It's just that Birds of Prey, from how it was presented in the trailer, it didn't really give me enough of of of, of a sense of what the movie is about. You know, it, it didn't give me enough enough like desire to see the movie. Clean but it's, up, it's not, it, clean up, clean up. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, no. Well, look, there, there. I saw, I saw Alita. I saw Alita. Bat, bat, look, uh, I'm not one of these misogynist, vitriol type situations going on. What I mean by that is, if you're looking for fairness, fairness means either you're whack or you're not. Oh, okay, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Hold on, hold on, I can't finish my point. But if you're not that way. Why you have to start like that way and clean it and begin to clean it up? Well, you, look, you, just you, got, say, you just didn't see. No, you got cause you, because because you're in, you're in, you're in these times. You have to explain yourself because people will explain it. Because obviously, people will explain it for you. Okay, well, and I'm going uh, and I'm going to set this record straight. I've seen a number of female-led films that I thought were just kicking that were that were good as hell. I'm go, matter of fact, I'm going to see you. Know, I'm going, I'm far more invested in seeing Black Black Widow. Black Widow looks like going to show me something. But it, okay. Black Widow showed well, Black Widow, hold on. Black Widow showed me some kind of theme going on. I never got a theme for Birds of Prey. It, it, it didn't tell oh, me yeah. anything. What? I, don't, I just yeah. don't understand it. Okay. okay. I don't, you want, you, and I don't, and I don't read it. Real good. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 the movie. It's it it should have been Harley Quinn and introducing the Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. that's what well, how they should have said good. it. She was real good. All and right. let me let me let me clean something else up. I actually like uh, Harley Quinn, the the cartoon, the kind of ribald X-rated cartoon that's on DC Universe. I'm on top of that. I've not missed an episode. Oh. It's but it, but it references what you just said. Harley Quinn is the star of that show. Like her personality, which I I get her physical her physical um assets, like her her ability to fight. This explanation. It's 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 out there. The humor is absolutely legitimately funny. Um, uh, JP Smooth does a voice work as a, as a plant, referencing uh, um, what is it? The uh, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. So this this stuff going on. This is my complaint with DC. This is a DC thing more than a female thing. DC does it right, but how do you explain me loving Harlequin as a cartoon? Even even this cartoon that's really different than other iterations of the character versus the the movie Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn in it. Well, that, hey, this, that's that's on them. That's on their marketing team. Okay, let's let's call a spade a spade here. Why right? do you we have said to it for explain years. that you're not a chauvinist, African American? <laughs> 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 so, hey, I I, I and and I pro- I have to go after this, but let me let me just say it like this: If you are a guy that likes Batman, Harlequin, you if you're a guy that likes that, there is no reason not to like this movie. Okay, they they did a great job. I will tell you, if you are a JSA fan, you get a couple of references in there that will make you go, oh, they included that. That's awesome. All right? If you look in the backgrounds of a couple of things, you will see a couple of interesting parts, too. There's no after-credit scene, but there's an after-credit crossover at the very end. Think, think how Deadpool's after-credit scene was. All right? Let me ask you one thing before you go. All right. Why do you think that more people didn't go out for this in droves? Well, hey, you know what? That's more. Uh, that's a DC fandom right there, killing their own movie. And I will say this: it says R. It should have been PG thirteen. A friend of mine had it right. There's there, there's some bone breakage. There's very little blood. There is language, but nothing to merit an R. This isn't a Deadpool type R where you're seeing blood splattered and stuff like that. It, it, that rating hurt the movie, and if if and that probably kept away teenage girls from it. So there you okay. go. All right, good enough. But it's right. it's just between like I said, they hated on Shazam. They hate on this one, and these are two of the movies that you need to set up a varied universe. What or hey, hey DC fans out there, help me out. You guys were the ones that were pushing worlds of DC, right? You guys were pushing the different takes of DC when I was hating you guys for Joker, right? Okay, then how come you ain't going and supporting your own movie? How come you didn't go out and support Shazam? How come you're having a problem with Birds of Prey? Yeah, I said it. You know where I'm at. Afro Nerd Radio, bitches. Come on and get me. <laughs> Enjoy right. your day, guys. All right, man. Appreciate it, as always. The Kenny Darrell B.
doing what he does yeah, best, starting trouble. You know, uh, look, I, I, I want to bring in Sergio. I'm, I'm wondering if he, if he even saw this thing. Um, he's our resident cineast. Yeah, bring him Bison. Bison been waiting for a while. Bring him in. <laughs> uh, I didn't even see his – okay, damn, I didn't even see him here. We have a whole load full of numbers, actually. Um, all right, let's bring in Bison. Bison, how are you, sir? I'm great. It's hard to follow that, man. I feel – feel like maybe I should just defer to next week. Um, I sort of was just been listening since um beginning. Wanted you know let other people kind of chime in, not to um call with the minutes, but I really enjoy what I'm hearing. Um, just to get back on the current topic, I think Daryl kind of touched on it. I mean, I have no personal. I don't want to see it, but I don't hate it. I mean, right now the character's going through a renaissance. I mean. The show on DC Universe is probably one of the best shows out. Um, the recent three-issue um, run on DC Black Label was excellent. Um, I think a couple of things hurt. I think the R rating was part of it. I think um, I think they should have gone with the other film, like Grace Randolph kind of touched on it. Maybe her being a part of an ensemble with uh, Catwoman and others. I thought maybe that was, but I think at the end of the day, Margot Robbie just doesn't bring people into the theater. That might be it, too. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, we kind of look away from comedy with, well, you know, it's the character, not the actor, but um, I think there's something to be said with that. I just think she's not a strong enough um, actress to, you know, put Green Light a movie around. I think, I forgot the name of them. Of course, I had it, and of course, I forgot it. It was going to be, oh, the Sirens movie? Maybe the Sirens movie might have been a better thing to start off with to kind of then bring in a um, then bring in a, a, a solo, quote-unquote, Harley movie. But it's all wishful thinking now. I don't think it's, you know, some type of male agenda. I just think the character is still a niche character. This is not, I mean, if you go, you know, ask Tim or Harley Quinn, I think you might get one answer if you're lucky. I mean, sometimes we kind of get in our little stovepipe of geekdom and think, you know, everybody knows what this is. If you go to an average person, you're going to see Harley Quinn and say, well, what is that? You don't know who she is. Definitely. I agree with that. 100%. So, I mean, let's not just, sometimes that's the, I don't know, what's the, I don't want to get slammed for this, but what's the, 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 the female equivalent of the race card? You know, it's, you know, I don't think it's just because it's a female character. I just think it's just like a character, you know, a lot of people don't have um, a history with. I mean, I mean, if you look at the commercials, it's just, you know, but I didn't see it. I'm not going to critique it. Um, I think the suit should have known this was going to happen. I don't think that's going to have any, I don't think it's going to affect Wonder Woman or Black Widow going forward. But I think now, I, I don't think Black Widow's gonna do a billion. But that's just me talking. I don't know. <laughs> I was I think Black Widow's gonna do better than you think. Um, I it's it's it, maybe it's because of that Marvel that Marvel smoke. Uh, Wonder Woman kind of has a has a set audience, a set expectation. Uh, we're aware of her power set. We kind of know what we're getting. But but Black uh, with Birds of Prey, I just felt like looking at the commercial, I would have wanted to see something a little bit more maybe controversial or more uh, more of a sense of what the story is about, actually. It seemed like it was just all over the place. 
but based on uh, Daryl's recommendation and uh, I, I, the captain's talking about it, now I'm going to see it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to defer to defer to their taste. But my initial feeling on it was, eh, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't pulling me in. The Watchmen. I'm a big supporter of Sister Night. Hell, I got a Sister Night T-shirt right away. So I, I find myself, even when I try to think, well, maybe I am a sexist. But I, that can't be because I have too. I've seen too many. I've seen too many um, female-led properties that I actually like and championed. But I, I just, you just can't. I just can't ride with you just because you're a woman or just because you're black. There's, there's a lot of whack black product. You know what? Does that mean I'm supposed to, supposed to support? Um, what was that? Uh, not Shaft. Well, Shaft was another one. Shaft. What was the other one? Uh, Superfly. I'm supposed to support Superfly because it's black. You know, I, I, I'm a I'm a black exploitation. Uh, Sergio Mims and myself, we're black exploitation men. You know, I love to see a, a, some kind of legitimate, which I think I wish was as a genre unto itself. I wish some of us would kind of explore revitalizing and 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 legitimately rebooting some of the black exploitation IPs. But they got to be done in a certain way. Either they're going to be well, done you know, as legitimate. Either going to be done as legitimate. Let's be clear. Let me just say this real quick. I thought the movie was all right. I don't think it was an eight point like Daryl. I just thought that Harley Quinn, that was good in the movie. That pumped it up more than what it was. Some of the characters I thought were a little out of place. Why why Rosie Perez? Why why Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya? Because of her age? I guess so. To be honest, <laughs> I guess so. I I don't I didn't think Rosie Perez really fit that good. She did have attitude, but I just didn't think she fit that well. That's just me. <laughs> well, okay, if she had got if she had if she had got if she had gotten into serious shape, even at advanced age, would you have believed her? Like let's put it this way. The way Renee Montoya is supposed to be, like I've always seen her as like kind of a like a late thirties, anywhere between thirty five and forty five years of age. Okay, that's one thing because she's supposed to be like a a hardened, perhaps lesbian, um, uh, police officer, right? So she's going to be a little old. She's not going to be a kid, but uh, I think to offset her being in her fifties, she should have gotten she she should have gotten into some kind of fighting shape. I think I, I, that's my opinion. Well, I'll let you what, see. Well, we, we, you see. <laughs> that's all I'll Because she, she's surrounded by she's surrounded by women twenty years her senior, her junior. Pardon mm-hmm. me. That doesn't help either. I'll let you see. I'll let you see. Holly Quinn carries it though. You know, she carries it. Well, D- well right. Bieber, what uh, what character would you? Be excited for in the DC universe or any universe that you you know if you if it was greenlit as a film you saw you'd be up front and ready to see it. Well, you 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 ask a fair question because the the stink on DC gives me the like it's you kind of like you, the the track record is kind of so spotty, you know. But uh, I have flashes of excitement. Like when the Watchmen thing came out, I was actually excited to look at this thing every week. Um, Shazam, I actually thought was legit, which which Daryl spoke about, 
and it made just enough to get a sequel. But I think between it kind of breaking even, plus uh, Danny Garcia and uh, her ex-husband, The Rock, with their film, I think that was the bridge to save that film. There was, uh, but other than that, I, I'm trying to root for DC, as, as, as what we've spoken about countless times on the show. But um, you know, I, I, I'm somewhat excited about the the prospect of a multiple Green Lantern series, but I got to see what they're going to look like, and I, I hope to see like a John Stewart or some of the minority, even more so than than Hal Jordan. I mean, look, Hal Jordan, I, I have I have fondness for the character because we grew up with the character, but look, um, I'm going to do what Gail 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 uh, <laughs> Gail Keisha have done. John uh, John Stewart's a brother, <clears throat> so I'm going to want to see that. I'm just saying. If it's done the right thing, there's a few things that I want to see from DC. Sure, the, but the track record and the and the, the stench on their previous products, it, it's it's pro, it's a problem. You know, it's like ah, you know, they, they're so used to getting things wrong. Like this Birds of Prey, I didn't think Birds of Prey was necessary. That's just that's what, for me. But uh, and actually, I think Birds of Prey should have come in after Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman would have probably generated enough excitement that someone would have said, "Okay, we want to see another DC movie again." It might have been able to bring it bring it over the hump because they were looking for like a fifty-five million dollar box office weekend, and it ended up getting thirty-three million. So they fell short of the of what they needed for this thing to work. Maybe if they had come in after. Because some of the stuff that we saw previously did well because they came in right after a very successful comic book movie. Let me bring in Sergio, see what his thoughts are on this stuff, and if he even saw it. Sergio. Yeah. Hey, Sergio. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. I, You know, life is too short. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had no interest in seeing it. It takes, well... It, it it underperformed because um, who in the hell knows who Harley Quinn is? I don't, you know. Um, it's a offshoot character that doesn't really have that huge that huge kind of a fan base. The R rating may have helped it because they were really going after women, and women really don't go for R movies. Well, I don't know how hard it is, but R rated action films. I, and I heard the film was in so much trouble. They had to bring in one of the directors of the John Wick movies to save this picture. So, um, because the director is some director I've never heard of before, Yang, who only has just a thread booth, uh, only a slight few credits. Uh, you know, they wanted a women director. There are plenty of women directors, really a lot more uh, experienced who could have done something with this material, not somebody who has an indie movie and a few TV, you know, TV experiences. You give them a 90 minute, a $90 million movie to direct. Um, yeah, actually, the, 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 the box office, it's going to be pretty, it's been down. The big surprise has been that Bad Boys movie. I didn't, I don't think anybody saw that coming. That film is over now over $160 million domestically. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I said, who wants to see another Bad Boys movie? Evidently, a lot of people do. Um, but the box office is going to be down for a while until, I would say, April. 
April, it may kick in with a new Bond movie. And then in May, we have Wonder Woman 2, and I don't know what else. When is that? Uh, when is Black Widow? Um, Black Widow. Black Widow over in May. When does the um, that Marvel vampire movie, the uh, uh, Mor- Morbius, when does that open? Mor- yeah, Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus. When does that open? Uh, I think in well, April. Oh, that opens in April, too. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then April's going to kick in. The box was really going to kick in in April if you had the Bond movie and you had Morpheus. Uh, it's really going to kick in bit. But right now, it's going to be the dregs for a while. You know, unless something's coming out in March, which I don't know of, and I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, Morbius. 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 Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, it. Uh, I'm not surprised Birds of Prey underperformed. Was there any real interest in that movie? I don't think so. They were trying was to force it. Was there any kind of buzz about that film? I, I didn't detect any. Well, it made, what, 81? Well, the budget was $84 million, and it said it made $81 million. Yeah. $81 million, uh, but, you know, 84 might as well be doubled when it comes into marketing and stuff. But it's $81 million worldwide thus far, so, I, I, you know, unless some no. real, unless some real words, yeah, some real words, some real a positive energy comes out of the, uh, out of it for this weekend, I don't know how much better it's going to do. No, I don't think. I think Black Widow's going to do very well. I mean, she's been her character has been established in all these other Marvel movies, so people know who she is. Um, even if you don't follow comic books, at least you know Black Widow because you've seen her in all these other Marvel movies. So I think that film could do really well. Uh, well look, even though from the trailer it looks a lot like Red Sparrow which made no money. Uh but um we'll see, you know. It you know, you just can't predict anymore a lot of times. You really can't predict. I thought bad boys for life was going to tank. Boy was I wrong. I kind of saw I kind of sort of thought that bad boys was going to work because of the the, the nostalgia element. I thought the fact that we haven't seen Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together in a while um and that they didn't they didn't kind of shirk off that they were older. So we we are accepting that this is that this is an older iteration that it is 20 years since the last film and they're going to act that way. Uh I really wasn't interested in seeing it, but I can see I can see the public kind of getting into it. You know, because Bad Boys 2 was so bad. So horribly bad that I thought they may have killed off any other chance for a any kind of successful follow-up to that. But I was wrong, and once again, Will Smith pulled it out of the pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Um, we thought that Aladdin was going to do bad, and Aladdin turned out to be the biggest grossing film worldwide he ever made. And then he tanked with Gemini Man. And then there was also that animated film he did the voice for that came out over the holidays. Yes. I can't remember yes, the name. Yes, Spies in Spies in Disguise. Uh, right. Bison. Uh, Bison. And then he's come back again. Wow. Bison, your thoughts? Um, we just doing speculation. Anything can happen. Um, I'm looking at some big impact things that we sort of, I mean, do you associate that with movies? One is this, um, virus that's happening in China. I think that's going to start creeping in into movies and how decisions are made and how movies are rolled out. 
Also, you got the um, Summer Olympics coming this summer. That tends to have some effect on the movie going. Plus, it's several soccer, major soccer tournaments in the summer. So I think we're well, going to see a, the worldwide box office. It's going to well, have the Olympics, money. the Olympics isn't the big isn't it has the biggest impact as it used to as it used to have the only thing about the olympics i'm worried about the only thing the students should be worried about is opening night closing night and gymnastics those whatever those dates are <coughs> I, I think it's the 24th to july to august 9th i think are the dates this year in tokyo so opening night is huge. Everybody watches opening night because everybody got to see what the country's going to come up with. And considering this is Tokyo, it's, it, they're going to do something that's going to blow your mind. I could just imagine it. Um, the the the, uh, the gymnastics, women gymnastics, those are huge. Particularly the young sister. Uh, gosh, what's her name now? Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, the one. Say what? Uh, 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 Biles. Biles. Yeah, Biles. A lot of people want to see her because she's been, in the past four years, she has been absolutely perfect. Perfect, flawless. So people want to see her. Um, and in closing night, people like to see closing night, what big thing they're mm-hmm. going to do in closing night. Uh, for the rest of the time, I don't think the Olympics will be that much. And besides, it's different now. You can watch the Olympics anytime you want. You know. All right, let, let, me move uh, for, let me move forward a little bit. I'm going to move forward. Okay. Uh, just, something you may still have an interest in. So I happened to check out this trailer for Chris Rock and Sam Jackson's reboot of the Saw franchise, Spiral. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I, I, I heard uh, maybe a year ago that Chris Rock was going to take over this, this uh, Saw franchise and do something else with it. And it, it, we see a few things with, with Chris Rock. That, that I hope work out for him because you know Chris Rock has been going around, going around for quite some time with not really being able to being able to get a real niche in the movie thing. So uh-huh. between between this this what fourth season of um, uh, what is that? I just mentioned it last week. Fargo. Fargo. Thank you. Ugh. Of Fargo, and now this Spiral franchise, Spiral coming from uh-huh. Saw. We're getting to, we're looking at a different Chris Rock. Like he's not he's doing straight kind of dramatic acting. What what are your thoughts well, about what are your well, thoughts about this? Uh, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to Fargo. Really looking forward to Fargo. Uh when I saw the trailer for Spiral, it looked good, but there were some problems. First of all, the director is Darren Bozeman and he's a terrible director. He's awful. He did some of the Saw sequels, and uh, he oh, he did a horror film a few years ago called Apertoire, which a friend of mine said was literally one of the absolute worst horror films he ever saw. Uh, number two, I am not a fan of what I call gore bucket horror films. You know, give me mood, give me suspense. Just don't give me some grisly images. And You may gross me out and make me sick, but is that really scary? And the third thing, and this is the reason why I'm kind of looking forward to um, to uh, uh, Fargo, is that Chris Rock is, is still not a good actor. He's just not. Um, you know, I couldn't. When I saw the trailer for Spiral, I, he just yeah. didn't convince me as being this tough cop. I'm like, I, I don't buy it. 
uh, now in Fargo, he once again, I may not exactly buy him as this gangster, but we're talking about a series that's what eight, ten episodes. I don't know how. I guess around eight or ten episodes. So he's going to have time to develop his character and his performances, and he may wind up impressing everybody in that movie. But playing a cop, um, this hard-bitten cop who gets involved in this sick, twisted game by the psychopath, I don't know, I ain't buying it. I, he, it doesn't seem like he carries the weight. Uh, no, or he has the lived-in experience. He could bring that off, being a street cop. That's just me. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think about. I mean, I, I'm more more um, excited about the Fargo TV series. I mean, maybe because of it's a, a period piece, the costuming, and the other actors involved. Uh, but he looks a little bit more legit for some reason. And also, he, he kind of has that... Well, also, something else. Fargo, we know, as a movie and as a TV series, has always had this kind of droll, dry sense of humor. So he right. can actually... He can actually excel with this kind of deadpan humor thing. So I think he's going to actually do well in that. With Spiral or Saw, I mean, the, the actual title is called Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, I don't know. There's been, I guess, humorous aspects to it, but it's very gory. And he, yeah. he, wanted, he wanted to take over this franchise, so maybe he's a little bit more invested in some of the beats of Spiral and maybe maybe he's going to bring something. And I wasn't even expecting Sam Jackson. Uh, matter of fact, I wasn't even expecting Chris Rock to be directly involved in it. You know, I just thought that he was going to be, um, you know, kind of just overseeing it. But he's going to be starring in it, and then he and then Sam Jackson's in it. I, I, I with those two with those two box office. Well, I say Sam Jackson even more than Chris Rock, but those two those two in leading parts for this movie uh it's got to do something at the box office i think well that's yeah i mean the curiosity factor alone will bring people in and both fargo and and uh spiral are coming out in april so you know chris rock is going to have a very busy a very uh, attention noticing month that you know month because he's got the show and the movie but uh i can i can see people coming to see uh, spiral just out of the absolute curiosity factor. What is Chris Rock going to do with this whole Saw franchise? Um, can he really bring something different to it? Uh, but once again, that director, Darren Bozeman, is a terrible director. Uh, he's just awful. So um, I'm, I'm not holding out a, a lot for it. Let me just mention this quickly. This is actually uh, more about Chris Rock's background, and then we'll go into something else. So it says here, it says, this shows you how, how these things actually come about. According to Chris Rock, the origins of Spiral from the Book of Saw came from a chance meeting with the head of Lionsgate at a friend's wedding and felt doing something in the horror genre would be a new avenue to take in his career, though, though planned to, to include some comedic elements in the film. Rock approached Lionsgate with his, with his ideas of extending the franchise, who became very interested, interested in the concept. Um, Lionsgate CEO Joe Drake said that Rock's idea was completely referential to the legacy of the material while reinvigorating the brand with his wit, creative vision, and passion for this classic horror franchise. So he saw something. He's on this thing. So uh, 
I'm kind of sort of interested in it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. But when I first well, saw that's, it, that's I, studio. That's that's studio PR. You know. That studio PR, it's wonderful, it's great, it's visionary. That's what they always say. Wait till we see the picture. Yeah, I, I almost thought that it was, um, what was it? Because they, they're talking about rebooting it too. Uh, what's the one with Danny Glover and um, and Mel Gibson? Uh, lethal Weapon. Le- yeah, I thought, I thought that's what I was looking at at first. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Which, which right. they, of course, you're right. They're planning to bring bring that back after the success of Bad Boys. They saw, damn. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had uh, they had a, 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 a lethal weapon project that had been dormant for years. Nobody was interested. But then when they saw how well um, Bad Boys is doing, and they said, hey, if it worked for them, it could work for us. Let's bring in all these old characters, and now they're even older. You know, uh, I don't know how that's going to work. All right, so let me move forward a little bit. I'm going to bring back uh, well, the captain. His mic is up. Uh, this is I'm going to put your mic down, Sergio, because we're going to talk about football stuff. I know you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, so hold on. Right. All right, so um, captain, I didn't really have any investment with the. Well, actually, I, let me let me take that back. I did have a slight investment in Kansas City Chiefs because of my family. Half of my family comes from Kansas, and many Kansians support. Missouri, the Missouri team. So um, it, it was a good, you know, look, it's not like a New York team, but it did mean something to me. So, what are your thoughts about how it played out last week, and even with the rise of uh, Patrick Mahomes? Well, Patrick Mahomes is a beast of a quarterback. You know, he's a beast of a quarterback. But let's delve into a little history with black quarterbacks winning the Super Bowl. You can't forget or discount the great Doug Williams in 1988 with the Redskins. That's Bison team, by the way. All right? If you remember, he got a start in 1982 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the lowest paid starting quarterback at the time. Wins the Super Bowl in 1988 after they traded him and all that other good stuff. Russell Wilson in 2014. Straight hair black guy. That phenotype. And then just recently, recently, Patrick Mahomes this year. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of black starting quarterbacks. We go through them. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys, Cam Newton, Carolina Panthers, and, you know, he was doing it for a while. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson is a beast. He's a beast with the Ravens. Uh, James Winston now with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Watson. This was the start of 2019, by the way. Houston Texans. Jacoby Bissett in the Indianapolis Colts. You know, Kyle Murray, Arizona Cardinals. And Dwayne Haskins right now with Washington Redskins. So they say in 2019. That obviously is going to change. Every year this possibly can change. Except for the first top five. You don't see anybody messing with Russell, they're probably not going to mess with, they may mess with Dak Prescott, you know, they may mess with Cam, and no one's messing with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You know, anything can happen with the rest, because, you know, it's NFL. Not for long, Negro. You understand? So, it was a very interesting Super Bowl. It looked like the 49ers had the game, 
But when you have that other man who can strike quick, because you come with that plan, oh, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, eight-minute drive, nine-minute drive, that's what you want to achieve. But there's no sense if this man can score in, like, six, seven plays. If you don't get the three and out, man, you, you know, he's on your behind. Come from behind winning, just tremendous, man. Great to watch. So it was good to see. And the things with black quarterbacks, even when they can't run, they can run. They say Mahomes runs a four eight forty. That's not fast by any means. If you run fast in like a four six five at the quarterback, it's a nightmare for the defenders. But game time, Mahomes is probably, you know, a step and a half faster. <laughs> let's, let's say that. You know, Deshaun Watson can run his behind. Not Deshaun, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson can run his behind off. All right? Tremendous player, and he's throwing well. So it's just good to see. And it would seem, can't say it's for every black quarterback, but a lot of these black quarterbacks now, they're offering a little bit of something extra because they can run and they can throw the ball. You know? So it's good to see. It's a good thing. Let's give Doug Williams as the first one to win that Super Bowl. The great Doug Williams. His you know, someone else, someone else you failed to mention that has a uh, has a connection to Rush Limbaugh. You know, Rush, Rush Limbaugh, he's been stricken with uh, a fourth stage uh, lung yeah, cancer, lung and he was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I believe, during the recent State of the Union, which I did not see, uh, you know. I'm not going to see that. However, um, he got into trouble because he was he was critiquing Donovan, Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Yes, he went to a Super Bowl, but he didn't win it. Right. I'm yeah. talking about. I guess I was. I'm thinking more of you know high profile black, uh, okay. but he was critical. But he was. It's fair to bring him up because yeah. Rush Limbaugh. He's one of those people that that chimed in on on not giving. The, the black quarterback his bona fides now something else with uh mahomes is like his dad is an athlete on the baseball side of the time baseball side of the game was it was it was he did he play for the minnesota twins his father i don't know much about his father <laughs> his father was a professional athlete yeah i'm sorry he did okay but i yeah. something else that i wanted to bring up and it's a little bit of Plantation Olympics, which I don't really play. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, your your predecessor, Mr. Starks, had a little bit of a bugaboo about Mahomes. Not that he doesn't like Mahomes, but he 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 noticed because he's always looking at stuff. <laughs> he noticed that they're trying to fashion Mahomes as kind of sort of like a white guy. Now we know that he's not. But uh, they, they're commenting on his looks and this, that, and the fourth. And I, I know that that quarterback position, one of the reasons why they have a problem with the black quarterback, with the idea of the black quarterback, is, 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 is for a number of reasons. One, the, the quarterback, this is from somebody who's not a sports guy, but I know this much. It's something that the Oracle taught me years ago, is that the quarterback is, is the thinking man's position. It's a position that re- requires a degree of cogitation. Um, your, uh, what is that, that test they take? I'm always referencing the, the test. Now I'm forgetting the actual test. The test that cops the and... Rorschach. Uh, the Rorschach no, test. No, not that one. It's another test. It's not that. 
uh, uh, I'll think of, I'll look it up. But there's a test that that uh, measures IQ that football players take, and there's they always try to put put that in there when it comes down the to test. yeah, Wonderlick. Thank test. you. The Wonderlick, yeah, yeah, the Wonderlick test. So man, if it's not you guys a, just strap it up, man. But go ahead. <laughs> but look, it, there's an element of you having to memorize complex plays. You, you are um, it's a manage, a management position somewhat. Don't mean anything, man. But go ahead. I can well, tell you that. Look, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, no, man. I'm telling you, it doesn't. You guys just strap that up. When it comes to football, strap it up. That well, one don't mean anything. How society is. It's how it's being used. You know what I'm saying? That's my point. It's not, I, I know what you're saying, but I'm also saying, like, uh, you know, police officers, they don't want to have a high score on the Wonderlick test. If you score too high on the Wonderlick test, that means you're, you can't, you can't, we can't mold your mind. Which, you know, you would think you would want an intelligent police officer. No, that they point, want someone who's com- There's people that had perfect Wonderlick score and suck in NFL. Don't mean nothing. Okay. I hear you. I'm just, I'm just telling you that when it comes down to this issue of race, and black men throwing a basket a football, there, there's been issues of it. They 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 put intelligence in that mix. That's one of the reasons why that that was a uh, a position that was not allowed for black men. You know, seeing black black quarterbacks is a recent phenomenon. But anyway, so yeah, that yeah that element, um, and the fact that they're, they're trying to position him as the anti, um. Kaepernick, where do, where do you see? Although he did come out and 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 talk about being a black quarterback, even though he's a, a biracial extraction, he was aware of a historical of his positioning and of the historical element. So he didn't go, he didn't back away from that. You know what I'm saying? But I find it interesting that the NFL certain forces are, are very they very much want to position that guy in a certain way. That's something that that um, that Mr. Saucer talked about. He he said actually he thought that he was trying to do they're trying to make him more like um, Steph Curry. What's his face? <laughs> no, 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 not Curry, not Curry. No, it's not Curry. <laughs> he's no, he, tight. <laughs> no, nah, but no, 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 no. It's, it's clear about Curry comes from two black parents and is 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 no, <laughs> not him. Um. Uh, who am I thinking of? Um, from the Yankees. Jeter? Yes. Okay. They're trying to make to make him not political mm-hmm. and more to their liking. Do you yeah, see any of that? Do you well, think we'll that see. that's kind of playing? Until he messes up, of course. We'll see. We'll see. That's a bad man. That's all I'm watching right now. That's a bad man. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, he was on the Madden cover, and this is the first time in a long time the Madden curse didn't occur. Um, also, he was raised by his mother in a small Texas town, so I think a lot of his outlook kind of reflects that, you know, with the social media posts with Zimmerman. That's another discussion. You know, everything around him, you know, the only thing around him that's black is his father. Everything I've seen is sort of other. And that's neither here nor there. That's half of his heritage. I won't go there. Um, I could, but I won't. He's an outstanding athlete, but I've been seeing this, you know, all my life. And 
one thing can change all that. Dak, Dak Prescott was almost in the same vein. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I hate to say this, and when you get to a certain age, when you're African-American, you don't like to say this, but it's usually true. When white people love you too much, you got to be careful. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's what, yeah. that's, what I was try, that's what I was trying to pull out of you, is okay. that you, you're, you're okay until you're not. Yeah, that's the black, black experience. I agree with you there, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> but I wish yeah, that I wish you... Back something you said. I want to push back something you said in regards to black quarterbacks. Um, they've been around since the late 60s. Um, you know, Jefferson Street Gilliam, Joe Gilliam out of Tennessee State. Um, but they were fewer. And, you know, they were on bad teams. And, and before, you know, I, I tagged y'all on Twitter, but there's an excellent piece on ESPN undefeated called the year of the black quarterback. And I don't know what kind of service you have, but you know, if you can record it some kind of way and whether system you have it's I highly recommend you watch that. They talk about the recent rise and um, sort of dovetails in the conversation we're having. And one of the things they said was very true is you have to be outstanding. You know, you can't be a mediocre journeyman black quarterback. It ain't one or two. You either got to be, Mahomes, you know, they named a few, you know, Jackson, whatever. But you can't you can't be that ten, fifteen year journeyman. You know, it can't be average, can't be below average. So they really tap a lot of things in regards to the black quarterback. So it's, I, I highly recommend you watch that. Yeah, and something else you brought to my attention. Was it you uh talked about was Willie Tibbs the uh, uh um the race car driver? Yeah, that's, there's a there's a documentary on Netflix that's worth that I, looked really good. I think Adam Carolla of all people actually was behind this thing because I know he's a big car guy. You are so correct. I, I thought things Wiley P. Ribs. He was. It's an outstanding story. I know we get into it in and out, so I won't rehash that. So yes, to answer your question. Well, that was uh, didn't um, Richard Pryor portray him or a version of him in Grease Lightning? No, Ribs was he. He's my contemporary. Um, Richard Pryor. Um, he did Grease Lightning um, about the first black man to drive a NASCAR, which was you know a generation earlier. This gentleman was driving in the nineties, in the eighties and nineties, and he was one of the first, if not the first, black person to drive in the Indy Five Hundred. So he came okay. after the person um, Richard Pryor portrayed. Oh yeah, Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott was the the, the driver that Greece that um, uh, Richard Pryor was portraying. But anyway, I, I'm very much on top of this thing with uh, the Netflix. So I would advise our audience to definitely check it out. So I'm I'm into that one. Okay, gentlemen, look, uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Black History Month. That's really really what I wanted to get into for uh, Wednesday show. So we'll have to revisit it on uh, well this Wednesday coming up. We'll talk about it. Uh, our, our impressions of the month and maybe it, it, it bears even more importance in this time now. I think black folks getting into their history, even when you think of um, Watchmen and how there was renewed interest by everyone really on this story of Black Wall Street. I think there's a lot of a lot of data out there that could be explored, even when it comes down to uh, film. You know, we're going to get this. This uh, Madden C.J. Walker series on Netflix, Octavia Spencer is going to bring it to our attention. 
And we're, now we're also hearing about uh, the banker is coming out in a few months, I believe, maybe next month or something, on, on Apple TV. So uh, I think there's a lot of reason to explore some of these stories because they're just fascinating. And not just black people, but I think all people who are interested in history, that's really what black history has always been about. It's not so much about just for black people, but I think it should be really setting the record straight on, on many of these, these um, accomplishments that black folks have been able to, to produce and to make. Um, I, think we need, I think we need to start seeing some of these stories told, and we need to talk about them. We need more documentaries. We need more research. Anyway, gentlemen, we got about a minute remaining, so I'm going to cut it there. Uh, as always, we appreciate you coming through. And uh, I think we said our I think we said our piece on this Gale thing. I hope it stops at Gale and Rice. Let's just you know enough. But I want black men. I will say this much: I want black men to kind of carry it over into something more positive. Okay, now that we've spoken, now we're okay. Now we need we need to be straightening up some things now. So maybe this is the catalyst for us to actually start to clean some house. That much I approve of. Anyway. Uh, without further ado, let's go to Dojo Cuts. Dojo Cuts, easy to come home. Easy to come home. Wednesday, 7 p.m., it's been real.